Holy fook, we made it to 30. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Library Pubcast, episode number 30. By the way, not number 93. <laughs> Did anybody else notice that? Damn dyslexia. <laughs> that was fat fingers, then I couldn't fix it after I got the link up. So, anyways. Where were you on your 30th birthday? You just wanted Me? to get yeah, to anybody. faster. God, I don't remember. That was too many ago. I'll, I'll let you I remember I was here. on Niobrara River floating down with 30 really? of my closest friends. We had a party at my parents' house. Both chicks I was dating showed up. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Let's just say I slept on the couch that night. <laughs> oh, so night. things didn't work out. Part of the night on the floor <laughs> of my parents' house. Yeah. Uh, I, that might have been the night that my friends convinced me to take a shot of A1. And by convincing um, me, they put story. a shot in front of me and said, here, try this. And try this. Great. Luckily, I love A1, so I loved it. Tastes like a Bloody Mary. Yeah, it was delicious. Everybody's got their 10 fingers and toes, yeah. at least the ones they Good. started with. Good. Good. Not everybody in Omaha, but I we do. lit absolutely nothing off this really? weekend. I have spent ex- absolutely $0 on fireworks since 94. No, 2004. Since Kevin was a kid. <laughs> Why? Why don't you just open the door and throw money out? God, if you do, <laughs> open my door and throw it in. Exactly. Like, uh, Sarah had mentioned that she was, I think we spent like $150 on fireworks. We got a couple so of bought, boxes. Like, one, and, one firework? Yeah. A couple of boxes. Didn't get any How bottle rockets or anything. Like about 150 bucks. Uh, I spent 60 and this is the first time I've spent money in at least five or six years. And those dudes will haggle. Like I got yeah, a ton yeah. of shit for 60. Like, yeah. you know, it listed buy one, get three free. I was getting buy one, get five free. And I love Saturn. <laughs> missiles so i was like give me all the saturn missiles and that shit's fun so they're they, so they are very satisfying they are so annoying <laughs> love it yeah the, the speed at which the money burns through is just insane and and you see like the big fireworks show that like here locally we have warner park which a triple a affiliate the kansas city royals usually plays at, but isn't going to be playing at this year uh they, they put on a big fireworks show they did a big fireworks show on uh they did, saturday uh, what do they have the, the corn cob league or whatever it's called all the college kids that come back and play Oh, do they? Yeah, I think it's called the corn corn cob or Probably. something like that. But they Nebraska. they put on a massive show, and I bet that's at least fifty grand in fireworks. Well, I know oh, when they, they used to have the Garucci brothers do it. Yeah, when they did it down <laughs> yeah, at uh, Rosenblatt. Rosenblatt, uh, it was fifteen years ago. It was fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Jesus. Yeah, they had the the Garucci brothers used to do it. I don't know if they still do it or not. But when we worked down there, we got to see the setup, <laughs> and it's pretty massive. Yeah. I wonder how much those fireworks stands make, like profit. Oh, a lot. I heard one of them that. That's uh, why like everybody does one on every corner. They're like, yeah, we'll get some money. All, you know, I mean, you know, it makes good money because yeah. there's a bill. I mean, you yeah. drive from here to Maple Street, which is 12 blocks, and you run by four of yep. them. Bellino's had three of them on the same road in Council Bluffs. Oh yeah, he's got a bunch of them out, <laughs> out in. Uh, Papillion La Vista yeah. area too, and I think one of those of stands. Uh, I was talking to one of my clients, and they he said that the stand that's next to him cleared ten grand profit the two Saturdays before Independence Day, before better, the Fourth of July. Better fundraiser than a car wash. No kidding, no kidding. All right, this is the Library Pubcast. I'm the new guy, Dan, sitting at the table. The Unch Mark, the whiskey guy, Matt, <laughs> Kevin, the beer guy. That is now the finally back employed dealer, Chris. Woo-hoo. Uh, no longer furloughed. Right, no longer furloughed. And uh, you just heard Kevin, the beer guy. Also, we have a special guest, Shane from Garrison Brothers Distillery, joining us on the show. We figured we'd step it up a notch for our big 3-0. Right? Cheers. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. Shane, talk a little bit about Garrison Brothers, how you guys got started, your direction, 
and what we can try today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Shane Merriam. I'm the uh, the bourbon provocateur and the national brand ambassador for Garrison Brothers Distillery. And we are the very first legal bourbon uh, coming out of the state of Texas. And when I say legal, that's because uh, we used to kind of get out there and distill it back in the day to the point where we call the cops on ourselves. And it got to the point where they would phone us back and say, please stop calling. And uh, you all know that if you want to change any laws, that you do it one of two ways, that you either have more money than the next person or you bug the shit out of them. So we chose to go the latter route. <laughs> way cheaper. Nice. <laughs> it's awesome. Able to get laws done. Uh, you know, Tito Beverage did uh, amazing things for uh, distilling in Texas, but uh, I don't even think he's making vodka anymore. He's just living the dream cash and checks. So... Um, That'd we nice. started doing that. It was basically back in the uh, the kind of mid-90s in the dot-com boom. Our owner and founder, Dan Garrison, thought you know he was a pretty clever guy, and he wanted a little piece of that pie, so he started up a company, and uh, overnight, he was worth a, a ton of little ones and zeros on the stock market. Um, as you know, you can't always cash in those ones and zeros right away, so uh, moving forward, uh, a little bit and a little thing in Houston called Enron happened and uh, his whole world and his whole business came crashing down because they happened to write uh, some of the software that Enron was using so uh, nothing to do with any of the corruptness or anything like that it was just his number one uh, client just went down the tube so overnight he was uh, you know worth millions worth absolutely nothing fast forward another little bit and the IRS comes knocking on the door and says, by the way, you owe us uh, $160,000 for those commodities that you never cashed out on. And so he didn't know what wow. he was going to do. Uh, he knew he was going to be a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, his younger brother, Charlie, always said one way or another, my brother was going to have his name on his shirt, whether that be his inmate number or whether that be the, the name of his company. <laughs> he was going to be on that shirt one way. So he went to all his friends and he begged, he pleaded, he borrowed, he came up with $60,000 and... Then he went to the IRS and said, uh, listen, you can either uh, take this $60,000 and uh, clear my debt, or I'm going to take this $60,000 to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and drink myself silly until every nickel's gone. So the IRS kind of said, well, you know, hold, hold on here. Let's not be hasty. Let's just uh, take this and we'll, we'll call it a day. And so being a, um, a loving husband and a, and, a, and a loving father, he uh, he did what anybody would do, and he went to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and got shit-faced anyway. So <laughs> this is where he got to, you know, befriend Mr. Elmer T. Lee over at Buffalo Trace, Jimmy and Eddie Russell, nice. the late, great Dave Pickerel, and, and he, wow. they're all sitting in a bar, and I wish I was there, and he kept saying, why do all your tour guides keep saying that you can only make bourbon in Kentucky? We all know that's a load of horse shit, and they're just like, well... Nobody's ever done it outside of Kentucky with, you know, the exception of a little tiny distillery out in Virginia there. And so Dan knew that he was sitting on this uh, beautiful limestone aquifer out in uh, hill country in Texas. We're in high Texas, just an hour west of Austin. And uh, that really piqued uh, Elmer's interest because Elmer had already done everything there is to do in bourbon in Kentucky. So he had been studying aquifers throughout America and he'd been wondering you know, Scotland's such a tiny little country, but with all their microclimates and water sources and, and different, like, why isn't America having all these different things? So he was really piqued that, you know, he found this crazy guy that was going to start a bourbon distillery and he could start testing out theories. So with all the help and blessing, um, he got all the training we, we needed and uh, we went out there and started distilling. And, uh, you know, along the way, we, we made a lot of mistakes, but, um, you know, we're figuring it out now. I think back in... Uh, 2010, we made stuff that would get you drunk, and uh, now moving forward, we're believing stuff that uh, you could really enjoy because we're, we're constantly learning out there in Texas. So we've got our uh, 
our small batch bourbon today. We've got a single barrel bourbon. We've got our brand new honeydew bourbon, which we're just uh, releasing. Um, that's actually just been bottled today back at the uh, distillery. And then we've also got our, uh, our Balmeray out there. So that's all we do at Garrison Brothers. All we do is make bourbon. We don't make any rice. We don't make any whiskeys. We don't make anything. Well, actually, now we're making hand sanitizer, too. So I got all you guys involved with <laughs> your very own wash your damn hand nice. sanitizer to keep you all safe here. But uh, that's all we do. That's all we're ever going to do. We're a bourbon distillery out there in Hill Country. Some of the trademarks that you guys uh, feel like you're known for, I, like one of them I'm thinking of, what's the, uh, I think it's right up here, Smokehouse, Smokehead, yep. that it is an ungodly smoked whiskey. Is there any kind of trademarks like that you guys go by? We're a weeded bourbon. Uh, every single thing we do is the exact same mash bill, the exact same water, same yeast. Uh, we're using all Texas grain as well right now. We're doing 74% white panhandle corn. As you can see from that display, it's a much, much larger corn kernel. Uh, when we first started with the, you know, the, the help and the advice from our friends in Kentucky, we were using yellow corn until our master distiller, Donna, said, why am I not helping out my neighbors? Why am I not helping out? Our, our corn farmer's dog's name is Whiskey. Why are we not working with him? So <laughs> I think the only kind of industry that's using more white corn than us might be a tortilla factory, really. And then we're using 15% uh, soft red run of wheat that we're growing right on our property. And now that we're getting bigger, we're having some local farmers. And then we've also uh, secured our very own malted barley that they're growing out in Texas. Uh, as you know, uh, barley is not a grain that does very well in Texas. And we had to fight off a lot of the craft breweries out there to secure enough but um we've made some contracts and we've secured enough so all texas grain moving forward um another distinctness with us is our barrels uh, we can't use the 53 gallon barrels that they use out there in kentucky when that uh, devil's cut gets soaked in and you get that vapor pocket it gets so dang hot out there in Texas that vapor pocket will expand so much that the stays will split and you lose all the distillate out there. So we have to Damn. use uh, like a, yeah, like a 15s, 25s, 30-gallon barrels. And we use uh, three different uh, family-owned and run cooperages. We use uh, Kelvin Cooperage out there in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, Barrel Mill, and Black Swan up in Minnesota. And um, when I first started coming from an operations background, I first question I had to our master distiller, Donis, I said... Uh, you know, why don't, wouldn't it make more sense if we got all our barrels from the same place and save money? And his reply was, well, what if a Pernod Ricard or what if a Bacardi or Diageo was to swoop in and buy that cooperage? Our entire profile would change overnight. And I kind of looked at him and said, I guess that's why you do what you do and I'll keep doing what I do. Makes sense. Much again, we're talking with Shane from Garrison Brothers Distillery. Shane, what the hell are you doing in Nebraska? Uh, just coming to say hello. We've uh, unfortunately kind of neglected the state for the last four years. Um, Most when, of the country does. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Dan and Charlie, uh, when they started uh, this company, they basically just ran all over America with no plans, with, uh, you know, chickens with their heads cut off. They used to have a competition on who can stay in a shittier, dodgier, worse hotel room than, than the other one to save well, I, money. And um, I could show them they some just places. started going out there. And then when, you know, people started picking it up they realized that they couldn't go out there and, and support it and so now we've got a fantastic team in place that uh, kind of guide us places and send us out and um I jumped on with them about a, a year and a half ago after a chance tasting where I met uh, Charlie and uh, I tasted the stuff for the first time. I saw rainbows and unicorns and said, what is going on here? We got to be great friends. They invited me into the fold and, uh, you know, I've lived in five different countries. I run bars all over the planet and uh, I'm originally from Montreal and 
when I sat down with Dan Garrison, I was like, so hold on, let me get this straight. You want a failed French-Canadian hockey player to run around <laughs> Texas talking about your bourbon? And he just looks at me and goes, don't be an idiot. I have Texas. You have the rest of the country. So. <laughs> I was going to say, because you don't have the accent, so obviously you're not from down there. Again, play, you know, living everywhere. If I'm hanging out with Aussies, I'll start to sound Aussie. If I'm hanging out with you know English, I'll start to sound that. It's you know, There's not many people from Montreal that'll say y'all as well, so it's, uh, it's just whoever you're hanging out with. <laughs> You just kind of blend in. Uh, yes, Canadians, we're amongst you. <laughs> I got one at home, but she says it with a French accent. <laughs> yeah, she's French-Canadian. My wife went to school in Montreal. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, I was born in Point Claire, so yeah, probably neighbors. Absolutely. <laughs> Mark doesn't. She act. also went to school in... South Dakota. South Dakota. South Arlington, Dakota. Virginia. She's schooled in South some place, Some place in Morocco. Yeah, that's right. She moved around a little bit. Yeah. She knows like 15 languages. No, she's only fluent in five and <laughs> passable in three or four others. <laughs> passable. So we've got four bottles in front of us, and uh, I hate to see the bottles just sit there without any love and attention. So talk about some of the bottles we've got. Exactly. So that's uh, our, our flagship bourbon. That's our small batch bourbon. So that's the one with the black wax when you see that out there. Uh, big difference with, with us is we're doing a sweet mash, not a sour mash. So every time we, we make our bourbon, we're using brand new grains, brand new water, brand new yeast each and every time. Every single thing we're doing right now is the exact same mash bill, every single one of those bottles. So um, basically that one there is a combination of about 30 to 40 barrels at a time for consistency. So every time you see a bottle of that small batch bourbon, it's going to taste the exact same across the board. And then what we move on to the next one, we're also doing a, a 94 proof bourbon. Um, uh, so it's just big, bold Texas flavors out bad. there. So Lots when I get corn. to go out there and, and distill with the team, I'm Lots usually distilling at about 135 to 137 proof. And then we proof it down to 124 using Texas rainwater that we collect right off our rooftops down there. So we proof it down to 94 <coughs> for a, a couple of reasons. Um, number one, Dan, our founder, he, he likes to put a little ice cube on that and it'll still have a ton of flavor and he could sit there and sip on that all day long. Uh, you get a few drinks into him. Uh, you know, Mr. Elmer Lee, his mentor, passed away at 94 years of age. So kind of take away whatever you want from, from that story out there. Um, and then the, the next one you got there, the, the single barrel bourbon. That's basically after four years. Uh, we're doing everything four years. Um, ooh, yummy. Yes. Very yummy. Everything's four years old. So when uh, Donis Todd, our master distiller, when he runs into those rick houses and he tastes each and every individual barrel, when he sees those barrels that have an extra subtle nuance to it, maybe this one's got some extra marzipan, maybe this one's got some extra chocolate ganache or whatever, he'll pull that one barrel aside and put that into the single barrel. So again, we'll we'll proof that down to 94. Um, again, with the same rainwater, and then we'll put the barrel number right on the side and the amount of bottles that are in it. So you can see when you go to, um, I was at Proof actually last night, and they had two different single barrels from two different bottles. So it was fun to see the different color on them, the different nuances, and and that's where I kind of really geek out that they all started out the exact same when they went into those same barrels and they went into the single-story rickhouse. We're not getting these massive <laughs> six-story rickhouses where you're getting your honey spots and your sweet spots. Everything starts out the exact same, and, and that's just the Texas terroir. I mean, we've got a 14% angel share out there in Texas compared to the 6 or wow. 7% they have wow. out there in Kentucky. So, uh, I mean, Mother Nature is a bit of a bitch out there, and she takes a lot away, but we also believe that generosity gives back, and what she leaves us with, we believe, is some pretty damn fine bourbon. This mouthfeel on the single barrel is very yeah. silky. 
Am I not on? Yeah, okay. that's very Sorry. good. It's like silky. It's not. It's just a a wonderful. Just coat your mouth, not overpowering. Like I just. That's nice. I like that single barrel a lot. A little bit of that oiliness that yeah, you get there yeah. is because when we're when we're bringing over our mash, we're not just draining out the work. We're putting the entire mash, grain and all, into those uh, copper pot hybrid stills that we have out there. And so by putting that all in, it's a hell of a lot more effort because we got to clean them out each and every time. It's not just this big continuous still pumping stuff out. So it, it is handcrafted. It, every bottle is hand dipped in wax. I mean, it's uh, there's no joke when you go out there. It, it, it is hot. And then when you're in a, a, a room with all those pot stills, it's it's even hotter but um you know it's it's doing things the right way dan kind of went backwards he he kind of looked at, at some of his other favorite bourbons and he kind of said well every time the accountant said you can save a nickel here by doing this or you could save a, a dime there by doing that he said no i'm gonna do it the most difficult way i can because i believe that's gonna give us the the best end result for anybody wondering, both the bottles we've tried, the single barrel and the, uh, what were you calling this one? Small batch. Small yeah. batch. Uh, both have small holes. Pretty much the same bottles, too, by the way. Ooh, that drinks every bit of 115. And this is, which one did you try? The top that, of the bottles, <laughs> yeah. by, by the cork size. Yeah. That is the Balmeray you're holding up there. I really like that bottle. Package is nice. So that's all our packaging is going to look for uh, right across the board. Uh, we just switched up bottles, so everything, the small batch, the single barrel, they're all going to have that little design there that the Balmeray's got on there. Well, and the, the different wax is a nice, uh, nice way to keep people able to know what's different. Makes it stick and pop out on the shelf there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry if I just missed it, but what's the uh, award that's on the front of there or the... Metal. Metal? So that is, uh, that's our Balmeray uh, bourbon. That is uh, a double-oaked uh, bourbon bomb out there. The best uh, ever review I've seen of that one is somebody just set, summed it up with three words. They just called it candied motor oil. Uh, that's 115 <laughs> proof. It's uh, Balmeray. Nice. It's actually, a, when I first heard it, I thought it was maybe somewhere in Scotland. It's actually a uh, state park in West Texas. Uh, I'll give you Dan's quote here. It's uh, about 40 miles south of Picos, Texas. There's a little swimming hall called Balmeray where I took my kids when they were young. The park's name comes from four men's surnames, E.D. Balcorn. H.R. Moreau, John and Joe Rea. And so they formed an irrigation company and went out there. It is uh, one of the largest spring swimming holes in all of America with beautiful blue water. And uh, it fell into complete disarray. And so at Garrison Brothers, we believe in good bourbon for a good cause. And Dan wanted to raise half a million dollars to get this park back up and going. So he called up Texas State Parks and said, uh, we've got $500,000 for you. We want to restore the park to its former glory and we want to host the biggest pool party that the world's ever seen and so the guys at the state parks went well that's cool thank you very much he called up dan the next day and said uh, we have a little bit of a problem he's like well what's the problem he goes uh you're not allowed to have any liquor in the state parks and he's like are you shitting me i'm giving you a half a million dollars figure it out so <laughs> they couldn't figure it out it couldn't get done and uh you know dan dodged a bullet on this one because uh, a few months later the entire side of that pool caved in and the entire pool was absolutely ruined. So they've now since restored it. We've worked with state parks that uh, we've gotten them the money. And uh, we've also said that we're allowed to have uh, alcohol in those parks as long as it's for a charitable event. So we're going to throw the biggest pool party uh, next uh, next spring that the, the world's ever seen. It's actually it's probably closer to New Mexico than it is. It's way out there in, uh, hmm. in West Texas. And um, that's one of the only ones that we actually manipulate. So that's a double-oaked uh, bourbon bomb. So after four years, when Donis, he tastes one of those single barrels, 
He finds the right one. He'll take it out of... I think he kind of did it really just to piss our accountants off and say, how can we make this even more expensive? He took it out of a brand new charred oak barrel and put it into another brand new charred oak barrel for another year. So if you hold it up to the light and see the difference in color that that has to the other bourbons, you just see how much darker it is. Very molasses-y. Yeah, so long story short, what that metal is, is that's our second uh, back-to-back Jim Murray uh, of the Whiskey Bible Micro Distillery Whiskey of the Year. So, um, you know, to be a bunch of... Uh, Rednecks out there in Texas, you know, making some bourbon that's getting worldwide recognition. It's uh, something that we're pretty proud of. So that's not the cowboy. That is not the cowboy. The cowboy that you have up on the shelf, uh, that's a a different kind of way we do that. So, again, everything we do, same mash bill, same proof, same everything. Uh, What we do with the cowboy is when Donis tastes those barrels after four years and he sees one of those barrels that goes, oh, this one might be able to survive an extra Texas summer. This one might be able to go another two Texas summers. He'll take those aside, and then every fall, he'll combine all those barrels together, throw them all in a pool. So it's it's not a blended wow. whiskey because it's all coming from our distillery, but he's putting them all together. And then at the end of the year, we bottle them all. And we're sorry, we wax them all and we count the number of bottles and we show the proof. So every year the proof changes and every year the number of bottles we yield. Uh, this year was 6,776, I believe. Uh, the year that you guys have on the shelf here, that was 5,400. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't like doing math on Mondays. I don't like doing math any days. But we, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that one we just released is an uncut, unfiltered, uh, as pure as you can get. And uh, that bourbon has also got a couple of uh, Jim Murray's Micro Distiller Whiskeys of the Year. And so that one will change uh, every year, actually. When you see it coming in now, uh, that one's got gold wax on it as opposed to the uh, the black wax. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're not too clever when we design those uh, beautiful bottles and we write cowboy bourbon in black. Once we fill it with dark bourbon, you can't even read the label anymore. So, you know, we kind of learn as we go. <laughs> you just emboss it a little bit. Put some gold, put some gold around the letters. Yeah. You're good to go. Don't pup, save that accountant any money. Paint, yeah. pup Don't pup save that accountant. Uh, once again, we've been talking with Shane from Garrison Brothers. Uh, I, it's readily now available or becoming more readily available in Nebraska, thanks to uh, the great Johnson Brothers, which, by the way, have gotten back on our good graces a little bit. You, you, we were, we're still, never on good. They were, they, they, were, they were good to me, man. Like, it was good. They were. They, they were. Good. Well, you just didn't like good. the fact that they didn't pay you millions of dollars to work, live oh, at I home. Know. Yeah, I mean, be amazing. On, that's selfish of them. Uh, but you can get this at uh, Library Pub. Several different bottles on hand. Garrison Brothers. Is there a website, Facebook page, ways they can follow you guys? Yeah, you can follow me, uh, Bourbon Provocateur, on Instagram. Uh, you can hit us up on the website at garrisonbros.com. Uh, you could follow our GB Master Distiller, Donis, on Instagram. Uh, I, I always poke a little fun at Donis because I, I, I always tease him that he doesn't know how to use his keyboard because anytime I type him something, he answers me in emojis. So <laughs> he's a lot of fun. And you could always ask uh, any of our uh, any of our folks that are traveling around or Texas. We've got uh, zero, you know, we'll, we'll show you everything. And the way we figure it is uh, we'll, we'll show you exactly what we're doing. And even if you try to figure it out, you're still going to be 20 years behind and millions of dollars in debt for all the mistakes that we made. And it's just, um, <laughs> it's just different. It's just what the Texas terroir does out there. We get so darn hot at night or sorry, during the daytime and then so cool at night. So that, that distillate is just going in and out of the wood constantly. Uh, unlike, you know, in Kentucky where they're basically the entire state is the same temperature and climate. They're going from, you know, 80 to 90 in the summer down to 55 in the winter. So they're, they're, it's not going in nearly as much. 
And so people are asking us now that we are, you know, been producing bourbon for 10 years. Like, when are you going to come out with a 10-year release? And it's like, it's impossible. There's absolutely nothing left in those barrels after seven. We couldn't do one if we wanted to. If you covered this already, what does the, the Balmorhia mean? What does that actually mean? That's the name of the so. state park out in West oh, Texas. Yep. So okay. The whole, one, the whole, got the whole got conversation right. we had yep. earlier, got Chris. It, got it, got it. No, sorry, I was reading that world's largest pool party. My bad. Pool party, that so, whole thing. It, it's, hard, it's hard to get good help these days. There's no need to apologize <laughs> if you forget stuff when you're drinking 115 proof bourbon at 11 o'clock on a Monday. That's yeah. perfectly acceptable. Especially after a, hol- a national holiday <laughs> weekend. Mine was pretty calm. Yeah. It was Did nice. Any, who, anyway, have two days, three days straight of uh, getting a little wrecked? Uh-oh. Nope. Nope. I, I did two days, and I'm definitely feeling it this morning. doing that since 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Every two days. Uh, we've tried the small batch. Yes. The single barrel. Yes. Say the third one again. The Balmeray. Balmeray, and then the... So uh, that new one will be, uh, it's en route to uh, Nebraska as we speak, which is why I was really glad that I was able to bring the uh, the little half tiny bottle that I had um, at home. And then uh, Carly, who's uh, our mission control back at the office in Austin, she was able to send me another one out there. So the Honeydew was, uh, it was first released as an experiment um, out at the distillery. Uh, so Nancy Garrison, Dan's wife, um, who basically, as everybody knows, calls the shots. She she basically said, I want you to make me a, a honey bourbon. And we kind of hoed and hummed and talked about it. And then um, Donis came up with an idea on how to do this. And we've had some uh, some debates on whether we could still call it <laughs> bourbon, but uh, he swears we can. And this is basically what we do. We take our small batch bourbon that we have there, the first one that we started with, and then he takes those barrels of the used ones that we've dumped, chops them up into cubes, basically the size of a coaster, soaks them in a local honey that's being uh, just made right down the road, produced, I should say. We're not making it. The bees are. And then once a day for about 90 days, he will dip those in and out of the bourbon. So where I said, well, you're not allowed to call that bourbon anymore because you're adding honey into it, he argues that, no, we're just doing a secondary wood finish, and we're clearly putting that on the label, so we're allowed to call it bourbon. It's not a liqueur. It is 80 huh. proof. Uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be an uphill road with that, you know, when we're going to see your guests coming in and comparing it to, you know, Honey Jack or, you know, other fireballs and stuff like that. But it is a bourbon. It's starting out with the best bourbon. And we proofed it down to 80. That's the only one that we've done under 94 to make it really, really approachable, especially in cocktails. Uh, you put that in an iced tea in Honor Palmer, oh, call yeah. it a John Daly. It's, uh, it really is delicious. So um, that's, that's a brand new release for us, and we're super excited to see uh, what happens with that. So I, I'd love to get your opinions on it. Yeah, I, I don't think you can compare this with any other any other honey whiskey that's out there because all that stuff tastes fake. Yeah, this it's, not, is, it's not overly sweet either. Yeah, no, this is just not it's sweet at all. nice. It's perfect. Like, it's just, there's just nice little sweet honey on it. What's the reason very, behind very 94 per- proof on everything? Uh, again, 94 because uh, that's it, it depends how you ask Dan. 94, he likes it because it's so hot in Texas. If he puts a cube of ice in it and it dilutes, it'll still have a big punchy flavor. We've all you know, gone to a dive bar somewhere, got a Jameson on the rocks, and it basically tastes like nothing. So you can still put a big ice cube in there, and it'll have a lot of taste. Um, the other reason is his mentor, uh, Elmer Lee, passed away at 94 years of age. So there's a little... Uh, 
little oh, story cool. behind that's there. Cool. Yeah. Um, the very first still that Dan actually started with, here's a little uh, fun story that I love to share with uh, with whiskey, whiskey fans is, our very first still, the Copper Cowgirl, is a 100-gallon copper pot still that Elmer, Elmer T. Lee uh, helped us procure from Vendome, and that's the very still that he developed Blanton's on. Uh, so if you go oh, nice. back a little bit, we see that that still was that's out in cool. Versailles. So that still used to belong to Jimmy and Eddie Russell. So the story goes that Mr. Lee won that still off Jimmy and Eddie Russell in a horse race. And the entire reason there's a little <laughs> horsey on top of that ball of Blanton's was Mr. Lee saying to Jimmy and Eddie, I got your still in a horse race, boys. And now we have that still with us out in, out in Texas. That's, that's cool. Funny. That's, that's a great, a great story. story. <laughs> if that's true, that is a big, giant fuck you, and I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, we're all working together. The, our, our friends in Kentucky have been more than happy to help uh, with, with anything when we got started. The problem was... Every time we kind of had a problem and called them up, their answer would always be the same. Don't know. It's never happened in Kentucky. When we first started those those 53-gallon barrels and they started splitting and exploding, we'd say, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. It's never happened in Kentucky. When we started, when we switched from our yellow corn uh, to our white corn, all of a sudden our bricks level went up to a 23. Our sweet mash went up from an 8% ABV to a 14% ABV. So we called them up and said, hey, it's us. We screwed up again. Don't know. It's never happened in Kentucky. We discovered that it was that incredible limestone aquifer that we're on. It's so full of vitamins and minerals that it just kept feeding the yeast so the yeast wouldn't die, and it kept eating those sugars, creating more and more alcohol. You can come out and get a cup of our sweet mash in the morning. It's 14%. That'll get you where you want to go to start your day. So it's fantastic. So... Even with all the help, it's just such a different thing, distilling and especially aging out with our temperature and using our water. Uh, Nobody's reinventing distillation. Nobody's reinventing fermentation. It's just mother nature out there. It's Texas terroir at its finest. It's science. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. That's fucking teamwork. Wow. God bless us, everyone. Uh, Shane, given uh, there's going to be fluctuations in whatever state taxes, transportation, bullshit stuff you got to pay Uncle Sam, can you give us a ballpark of what these bottles are going to run us? Yeah, I believe here in Nebraska and basically across the country, the, the reason we have done the way we did it, we've kind of figured things out and we think this is going to work. We're going to have our small batch. You're going to find it at around 80 or 90. You're going to get the single barrel. You get it about 110, 120. Uh, retailers as well or, you know, on-premise like you guys, you can also have the option of picking your own single barrel and having it at cast strength. And I've seen them fluctuate anywhere from 122 up to 147.7 for a single barrel cast strength. And wow. Again, the beauty of it. Yeah, the beauty of it with the heavy. single barrel, because we're using those 15s and those 25s and 30s, you're getting a much smaller yield. Um, I've been out there dumping and, and bottling and waxing, and we had one barrel where it got five and a half bottles. Oh, so that, oh, that person got five bottles. It was at 138 proof. They got five bottles, and we just drank the rest because we obviously can't sell a half bottle. So that's a lot of fun, and those ones at cast strength will go up a little bit. Uh, then you've got the, the Honeydew will be in the same price range as the small batch. Uh, the Balmeray right now is at 150 anywhere if you can find it. Unfortunately, there are those... Um, black market and secondary market they're getting snatched up all over and and resold and that kind of really annoys us and then the cowboy us uh, too yeah (laughs) the cowboy comes in at about two hundred dollars and then uh later well this year we were planning on releasing a brand new one 
uh, called Laguna Madre, which is our uh, our bourbon finished in a French limousine oak cask. Uh, that one, because we were going to release it and then COVID hit, we decided to take all those bottles and uh, sell them to raise charity and raise money, good bourbon for a good cause uh, for our Operation Crush COVID-19. So it was available only on the website by donation. And any of the profits that we made from this charity drive was all going to help uh, Team Rubicon. And we've raised over $380,000 so far with people buying a bourbon that they've never even tasted. Uh, the story on the Laguna Madre was um, uh, Charlie Garrison was visiting uh, the distillery one time. And he went into the Rick House and he saw Dan and, and Donis with a bit of a shit-eating grin. And kind of like, all right, what are you guys up to? What's so funny? And... They poured him a, you know, a dram of bourbon and said, try this. And he fell to his knees. He said, you've done it. I don't know what you've done, but you've created the best bourbon I've ever tasted in my life. And they pulled over the tarps to reveal all these French limousine oak uh, casks, as you know, can come from, you know, two to $5,000 for an empty barrel. And so Charlie starts yelling at the two of them and goes, what have you done? There's no way I can go out there in America and sell a $600 bottle of bourbon. Yeah, they just looked at him and went, sell it. We're just keeping it for ourselves. <laughs> so that'll be released uh, next year, and uh, I haven't tried it myself. I can't wait to try it, so that's exciting stuff. All right, that is the Garrison Brothers. You can see it on your store shelves uh, shortly. Really easy bottle to spot. It's got that big Texas star. Uh, I would assume that's pewter. That is, yeah, that is. So especially on our smaller bottles, the boot flask, uh, they're ergonomically designed to fit in your boot so you can carry it around all day. What we just do suggest <laughs> is that you flip that star off because it will set off the metal detector at the sporting event you're trying to go into. <laughs> we can tell you that from experience. All right. Thanks That's so much, hilarious. Shane, for your time. Guys, final thoughts on what you guys tasted today? It's good, solid. It's definitely a Texas bourbon. It's solid. It's very tasty. Yeah. I think for what, he's, what we've been reported is the price. It's well worth the price. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. It's all definitely gonna, approachable. I, how much of this is this coming to the state? So that used to be an annual release, and that used to be uh, just like the cowboy that we didn't know what we were going right. to get for yield year to year. Uh, but Donis did a few years ago when we got our very first Jim Murray Award for that, uh, had the foresight that uh, before he even got the green light to go ahead and start making more, he already had started making more. So we're hoping uh, we did the kind of metrics and everything. We're hoping that January 1st, that will be available year round oh, uh, nice. like our other products. Nice. And then the only one that will be an annual release will be the Cowboy. And that's just because um, we do it every We've started doing the vintage numbers on the bottle and we just wanted to keep up with that. But with the, the demand for the Balmeray um, and... As you can see, by the way, the name is spelled. We're getting people calling it every which way. Um, so yeah, I'm about to type it phonetically. <laughs> yeah. Balmore A, and so that's kind of throw a little Canadian the in there the at end. the end. <laughs> All right. So once again, that is uh, Shane from Garrison Brothers. Shane, appreciate you hanging out with us and uh, bringing us some new stuff to try. My pleasure. Uh, uh, we're gonna move on and uh, mark the unch. What have you brought for us today? Matt, before we start going into this, can you give everybody that doesn't have a glass of water a glass of water? Yep. Well, <clears throat> based on certain people's desires, and I sent him across the room to pick a scotch, uh, we're tasting another high-end scotch today. Thanks, Matt. Also known as Matt's favorite scotch. What we're going to taste today is the Dalmore 25. Uh, it is an incredibly, incredibly good whiskey. It's almost my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but I would suggest after that bourbon, we all take a sip of water before we start tasting this. I should probably stop eating popcorn, huh? <laughs> I would. If I was drinking an $1,100 scotch, I think I'd probably stop eating popcorn right. for I'm a minute. Popcorn, so I'm going to have to put it across the room. Amazing. It is amazing. Okay, first. I, uh, I recognize the bottle. No, I've had. Uh, You've not had the 25. Yeah, had the 25. You've probably had the 12, 12 15, 15, 15, maybe 18, the 18. Maybe. Maybe the cigar malt. I might have poured you one of those. Alexander, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not my so favorite. It's eleven hundred dollars a bottle, so that's uh, by the by the ounce. About about uh, about a hundred bucks for a full pour, and about uh, fifty five for a half pour. Okay. Color is very beautiful. Beautiful, <laughs> uh, amber, gold, dark amber. Yeah. The nose is amazing. <laughs> I think all Matt's going to say this entire time is amazing. And by the way, you're not going to need to know when Matt takes a drink because there's just going to be a oh, orgasm. Uh, I've been pulling off the bottle. <laughs> I just took a sip. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, Tell me more. Oh, Jesus. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, please, don't stick. You're, you're tasting before me. Don't stick your dick in it. Uh, That's why I go last. A lot of vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, on the palate, there's a lot of vanilla, uh, cherry, kind of general citrus. Yeah, lots of citrus on the nose. But then the finish, it moves more to a almost a portish finish. A lot of sweetness on the finish. It is, I, I, you know, I hate to say this, but to me, it's worth a thousand bucks a bottle. I, I mean, I would pay a grand for it. No it problem. is incredibly good whiskey. Age 25 years. Uh, Dalmore. Oh my God! I know, man. Dalmore Mike and all Rob the Santana. From now on, that's known as Dalmore. I get a lot of apricot on. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really tasty whiskey. Mm. It's, it's definitely worth its weight. You know, the finish on it, the the mouth finish is long and very pleasing. There's just a little bit of chest on it, so you know it's there. It's, I don't even want to call it a burn. You just know it's there. It's a feeling. It's almost like uh, Flum with his tingly nostrils. Mm-hmm. Tingly nostrils. Mm-hmm. It's I just I just find it to be probably the most pleasurable mm. scotch that I have come across in I don't know eight or ten years of of playing with scotch. Mark introduced me to it, and it's it is my special occasion scotch. I thought I had expensive taste for special occasions, but you just haven't got to yeah. the upper strata yet. That's true. Now, do you guys know the story on the stag on the bottle? We do. Uh, Sometime in the way back, uh, the King of England was hunting elk with Mr. Dalmore. Uh, the stag came charging at the king. Mr. Dalmore shot the, the deer, killed it right in front of the king, and the king was so happy that the king uh, gave him the use of the stag, which every, every bottle has a big stag on the front, uh, and that Mr. Dalmore was knighted and blah, 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 blah. That was 900 years, by the way, before they started making Dalmore whiskey. It's the Dalmore family, arguably, that is still using the stag based on whatever king it was, licensed, for, for lack of a better term. But uh, Oh, see, and I, I thought that because of him killing the stag and saving the king, that, that he granted him the legal distillery. No. Okay. Uh, be, this was like 1100 1200 and they didn't start making legally making scotch in Scotland until the 1870s 1880s but weren't they one of the first ones the Dalmore family I don't know oh okay. I know they're one of the smallest distilleries yes they're there. very small distillery which is one of the reasons their their hooch is 
a little pricey when you get to the top end. Uh, but they're twelve, fifteen uh, for me, based on price, are really, really solid too. What's the hole on that, Chris? It's a small one. That it's a small hole. Definitely yeah. a small hole. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dalmore, their whole lineup is is rock solid. It's all good. So Mark brought us the Dalmore twenty five. Amazing. What have you brought for us? I didn't bring anything this week because we, we got uh, to try so much Garrison Brothers. To, Got to have some Garrison Brothers today. Try a couple of their new things, and um, I was Im- impressed with it all. The honey whiskey, if you didn't tell me it was honey whiskey, I would just think it's a, a sweeter mash bill. Yeah. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of honey out of it, but I still think it's got great flavor. Yeah. Uh, like Sean said, or Shane said, uh, putting it in a in an iced tea. That would be. Amazing. I think with maybe a little little bit of uh, lemonade or something would be would be pretty rock solid. And hmm. I could picture myself or, probably falling asleep in a or, hammock. Or just a whiskey sour with that. That would be or really good with over a whiskey a sour. Yeah, one of the two. Or trip over a dog, sleep <laughs> or, in a hammock. You know, a crack in the ground. Well, last time we had a picture of you sleeping, Matt. It was in the backyard, <laughs> up against a fence. It was the side yard. It looked and very I was, comfortable. I was cuddling with a freshly planted lilac bush. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like dead passed out. Like he he knew what he was doing. He I woke up and had enough wherewithal to get back in the house. Well, to at least try to tickle Sherry's feet while she was videotaping me. <laughs> That's about all you can make out of me talking in that video is me going, tickle, tickle. <laughs> oh, dude, it's... It was Don't bad. worry, guys. I'm marking that and I'm isolating it. <laughs> oh, it was, shit. It was, a fun, it was a fun day of golf and pizza and whiskey cocktails at the library pub. So what you're saying is that picture was taken about 8 o'clock at night. Uh, I think about 9.15. The end of a very long day. Um, really good day. Really fun day. I got to hang out with some friends and do some drinking with some friends. And, you know, really, how is how is that ever a bad day? All right. So we will note the Garrison Brothers sampling from earlier for Matt's whiskey tasting of the day. Kevin, what have you brought for us? The beer guy, Kevin. Uh, I had to quickly run and grab a beer. You beer, did. Because I didn't know we were doing normal <laughs> beer or normal tasting stuff, too. But uh, you have once again brought us 15,000 mile Shane over motor oil. Uh, very, very dark. Yes, yes it is. Uh it is uh, Kincaider's uh, root beer stout. Uh, oh my! I smell that root beer right off the bat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just a light amount on the taste. It's mm. surprisingly good, and I'm not even like a huge root beer fan. So, Ooh. oh, is what this the, the uh, that root beer stout? Uh, it's by Kincaider, and it's called uh, their Harem's Bones Imperial Root Beer Stout. It's childhood memories in a glass. We uh, this this just in on the newswire. Yeah, Flash Charlie Daniels dead. What? 83, yeah. Now, is this COVID-related? They'll probably say it is. Or did he accidentally stab himself with a bow during a violin solo? Did he lose the the battle with the devil? The devil finally got his ass. You know, I get a little bit of root beer off the pot palate, a lot of root beer on the nose. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but it's like I'm, a brown. It's like tasting like a brown. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not over I, the top. I didn't believe that they called it a stout when I tried it. Yeah, it does like not. It. To me, it doesn't taste like a stout. It tastes more like a dark brown. No, but they use their base of their porter, so that's what I thought even weirder that they called it a stout. But it oh, really there, oh, the second sip, you really get the root beer on the yeah. palate. It's those bitter notes that you associate with the stout. I hear what you're saying. I like that a lot. It's it, it definitely has that stoutness to it, but just before you get that stout flavor, you you get that like you were saying, Shane, that sarsaparilla, the the root beer flavor. That is my bourbon and a beer right there. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's root beer there. Mother good. That's Not so my good. favorite. That's good stuff. Not though. my favorite, but it's I would 
I would drink a glass. Yeah, I'm not like a huge root beer fan, but I definitely like that. Oh, I so love that over the top and sweetness. Yeah. And Kincaid's a Nebraska company, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Broken, uh, Broken Bow, Nebraska. All right. Uh, Harmus Bone. Harems. Harems. I'll just send you the link like normal. Thank you. Harems or Hirems? Uh, uh, Hiram, good question. Harems Bone Imperial Stout. Got a little bit of a root beer flavor to is it. The, is the second letter an I? Yes. I always thought it was Harems. Hirem. No, it's Hirems. Hirems well, Bone. Like, I've heard people say it. It, it's from the it's brewery, a, so. Oh, well, as Hiram. a first name, it's Hiram. Yeah. Then. Which is a very Jewish first name, so I wouldn't think it would be on a bottle of, or on a beer from Broken Bow, Nebraska. Hmm. It's probably not kosher. <laughs> uh, no, I would say that probably is because most alcohol is kosher. I thought it had to be blessed by a rabbi of some sort. No, that's the that that's any animal before you butcher it. Ah, so that would be why Hebrew that's National, right, yeah. made by the company that my wife works for. That's why they have um, what are, rabbis, rabbis on staff. I was going to say, Hebrew well, and then Greece. and then also there's no pork in the hot dogs because they can't uh, kosher is no pork, so they're no. all beef. What they're bad. signaling when they say it's kosher is an all beef hot dog. Yes, which the hot dogs are delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go Hebrew National. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Charlie Daniels was only 83? 83. He looked like he was 103. He did. And that he like might have stroke. eaten too much. Died of a stroke. Yeah, he just got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. But that son of a bitch could play a fiddle. He son could. Of a gun. I, got I, to, I got to see him twice. Here. This is really a It may be a sin, but I'll take that bet you're going to regret because well, I'm the best it's ever been. He played. So. <laughs> Fire in a mountain, run, run boys, run. run. I think we're going to get a little bit of that going at the end of this uh, episode, by the way. Plus, plus uh, 2020. 2020. Also seeing some breaking news. <laughs> <It> sucks. <laughs> for a uh, group of people that love baseball so much, rumor has it the Cleveland <laughs> Indians will be changing their name to the Cleveland Spiders. Scary. Ooh, spooky. Oh, Bob. Oh, I, have, I have a friend. Spiders. Who was born and raised in Cleveland. He's a huge Cleveland fan. He oh, he is going to freak out. Not only because they're changing the name of his beloved Indians, but they're changing it to the Iraq. I mean, the spiders. The spiders. At least arachnid they, would sound cooler yeah, than spider. The party around, like, yeah, but think of the value of my Ricky Vaughn jersey. That's going to go. Yeah. Really up. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Cleveland I mean, they had a whole spiders. thing. I mean, that was that's I I still can't believe we have the Washington Redskins. And the Cleveland Indians are going to be changing their names. The Washington Redskins should, should change their name to the Washington Statesmen, so people are even more confused about where they play at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Matt, what? Uh, are, we, are we doing a steal of the week? Yeah, I grabbed one real quick. Is it going to be the hand sanitizer? <laughs> it's not. It is not. The wash um, your damn hands hand sanitizer from ben, uh, Garrison Brothers Distillery. It is, it, I mean, it could be. That'd be. I don't know. I might be. I don't know what the price on that would be. Well, what would the proof of that be? Uh, well, it's got. It matches the uh, the one, WHO, the World Health Organization guidelines. Yeah. Okay. One fifty proof white dog. Yep. Probably should not drink that. You'll go I mean, blind. That's that's coming off one of our stills. We actually converted to do nothing but making sanitizer for the rest of the year to help our first responders, our postal workers, the grocery clerks. I mean, if you smell that, you could smell the corn mm-hmm. on, the, on that sanitizer. You really can. Yeah. Give me that bottle of sanitizer. I want to snow. Yeah, I got you all one snow? right behind you. Yeah. You want to snow? I guess. Just like you've never been to Swiss. Swiss. 
Smells better than some other local ones. I thought he was taking a deep breath to take a sip. That bourbon is that bourbon is young. Yes, I believe it's a four years. This is eight and sand. Why did you make it with? When you first told me about that, I thought it was like forty-four percent eight. Like I ate an apple or something. No, E I G H T. The number eight and sand. I like the nose. It is very young. It's not a very expensive bottle. I want to say thirty-five-ish. Oh yeah, very young. It drinks very nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got Definitely. a nice it's got a nice corn sweetness at the end. It doesn't drink overproofed. Uh, mm. That is a bottle to have in your shelf at home, and you don't have to feel bad about yeah. drinking it. I would agree What's with the that. proof on that? Uh, what did I just say? It's forty-four okay. percent. So eighty-eight so proof. 88 proof. Yeah. Uh, fun little story. Eight and Sand. If you see their label, they've got a, a locomotive on there. Choo choo. And believe it or not, in uh, railroad land, their throttles only go to eight. Not to 11? Not to 11, like in rock and roll world. Our, ours goes to 11. This one only goes to eight. Um, yeah, but why not just start at nine and, and then go to 10? Well, be, I don't know. <laughs> because it goes to 11. Because, <laughs> because it goes to 11. Ours are louder because it goes to 11. What, what, no. You and your damn spinal tap <laughs> references. All right, sorry, you were uh, saying... And they would use sand on the on the rails to get traction, which to me sounds like it would be a little more slippery. But so eight and sand is basically take off from a standstill as fast as you can with a train. Okay. Yep. Since yeah, this, they only go to eight, this would be good pour over ice and play video games, so whiskey. Do you think for me, like conductors uh, make jokes about go, try? They wishing they could turn it up to nine at least. <laughs> Well, in that one movie with uh, Chris Pine and Denzel Washington, I think they ran at about eight and a half for yeah. a while. Snowpiercer? I mean, they, were, they were going. No, uh, oh, no, that's oh the Snowpiercer is good, though. Yeah. That's I don't know. Pelham, Pelham 310? <laughs> Pelham 301? Yeah, the taking like of Pelham 123. That's it, yeah. Because it's a remake of a good movie from the 70s. Yeah. What, what about Snipes and Harrelson and Money Train? <laughs> oh, yeah, Money Train. <laughs> yeah, but weren't they just train. robbing the train? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was trying to pay his taxes. I think they're still due. Probably. What's Do you the... think if they put you in prison for not paying your taxes that when you get out, they're not due anymore? No, they, now you owe even more because you probably couldn't pay your taxes. While so it's interest. Yeah. Now we're going to let you out, and then we're going to chase you again. Right. Well, and you don't make government. much money doing work in prison. It's like a dollar a day, I heard. If that. Yeah. So, Which you is know. more money than Chris made during furlough. All right, so... Wow. <laughs> No, he probably got employment, so he's good there. All right. Tough guys. That was a good train movie. We've uh, we've got a little bit long on this episode, but we appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, once again, Shane from Garrison Brothers Distillery joined us. You can find him on Facebook, and you can find him in your local liquor store. Find the small batch, single barrel, Balmore, and the honeydew. Mark the... Wunch. Brought the Dalmore 25. Matt brought us the Garrison Brothers. Which one was your favorite one? You'll say... Uh, I honestly like the first one we tried. Small batch? The, the small, small batch. batch. All right, so Matt brought us the small batch from Garrison Brothers. Kevin dropped the Kincader. It's up for debate, but Harem's Bone Imperial Stout, however you want to pronounce that. And then the steal of the week was the Eight and Sands, about 35 to $40 a bottle. All of this is readily available. Library Pub Omaha 90th and Fort LibraryPubOmaha.com. Yep. Get over to the pub today. Free popcorn while supplies last. Yep. Uh, the supplies will last, and also last week we did get in some new stuff. Uh, we new got popcorn. It. 
No, Chris, oh. not new popcorn. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe we Jesus can find some white corn popcorn. For a one second, I was there with you. I was like, oh, oh we got shit. new popcorn. I didn't, why didn't you tell me I'd have popped it? Automatically buttered popcorn? What new bottles did we get? The butter goes inside the corn. I have laser beams going through my brain from Mark right we now. Got the, we got the... We got the E.H. Taylor 18-year-old marriage bourbon in one it's, bottle. It's pretty tasty. It's really tasty. Let it breathe for a minute or two. Yeah. And uh, new riff we got in. We did the new riff straight bourbon. Uh, we've got another bottle of the Weller 12. Nice. We've got a bottle of the C- CYPB. Yes, the Weller CYPB. We've got... Um, Weller Full Proof. The Weller Full Proof, which I had never had, and it's really good. And uh, Nictor's 10 come on truck, yeah. The Nictor's 10 okay. came. Uh, well, uh, brain cramp, brain cramp, did, wild did guys, turkey. Thank you. You guys Thank are you. out of the uh, David Nicholson reserve, by the way. I uh, no I definitely enjoyed no that no. Saturday night. No, worries. well, there's no, some on the shelf. You Sorry, you're, you're out, out of the of bottle it? in the back. Oh, okay. I uh, I came had in two back there. I bought them both. <laughs> Who'd you buy them so from? So good. Uh, I bought one from you guys. Like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, while we were here yeah. doing the pubcast, and then I came in on Saturday and got it from Joel, who, by the way, is not Dalton. He's not. No, nope. <laughs> yeah, big difference. Definitely two different people. Big difference. Big, big difference. difference. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, uh, there is a bottle of one David Nicholson reserve. One one knows what a, the inside of a barbershop looks like. The other doesn't. Right. Right. Yeah. One knows what the inside of a Twinkie looks like. The other doesn't. <laughs> oh, I bet Dalton knows what a Twinkie. Oh, is. Dalton eats junk food bigger Dalton than eats. day. Dalton is. Dalton's a candy fanatic. Come try any one of the twenty-five hundred to three thousand bottles that are on hand at the Library Pub. You don't know what you want to try. You don't know what you like. Sit down and have a conversation with the great bartenders at the Library Pub, and you're going to find something that, that you're going to absolutely love. Ask questions. Yes. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for do, for tuning in to today's episode. We're tuning in. Little. <laughs> I almost went an entire episode without tripping over my words. But Close. This is Mark tuning out. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Uh, rest, rest in peace, Charlie Daniels. Tickle, tickle.